Welcome to the Sovereign Love Stream podcast with your hosts, Danny and Vanessa Panzella Velez. Join us and special expert guests as we discuss love, sex, parenting, psychedelics, and spirituality. Please subscribe now and join us bi-weekly on Sundays at SovereignLoveStream.com for our live video broadcast. Please check out our social media on censorship-free platforms like Minds.com, Float.app, and Odyssey.com. Find links to all of our social media at SovereignLoveStream.com. If you would like to support our show with an energy exchange, please visit us at Patreon.com slash SovereignLoveStream. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the podcast. All right, so our mic was muted there for the first <laughs> for the welcome. <laughs> welcome to the Sovereign Love Stream. Happy Sovereign Sunday. Happy Sovereign Sunday. I'm we're your hosts. I'm Danny Panzella Velez. And I'm Vanessa Velez Panzella. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was good because we messed up the first part. So we had to fix it the second time. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on this uh this beautiful Sunday. It's a little chilly out here in Brooklyn, but it's a nice day. The sun is shining. We just came from the dog park. Every morning, our our lab puppy is very well pampered. He gets his hour worth of exercise at the dog park every morning. Um, and it also helps guarantee that he'll sleep through the show so that <laughs> he won't be harassing us for snacks uh, while we're doing our show. So, but it's it's nice. It's, it's kind of part of our morning ritual. Yeah. Um, you know, we have our cacao ceremony every morning and then we take uh, Cookie to the dog park and we get an hour worth of sunshine on most days. And sometimes we we get an hour worth of rain pouring down on us because <laughs> it doesn't matter what the weather is. Cookie wants to go to the park and if he doesn't go to the park, he's a beast. So we have to take him to get his exercise. Yep. <laughs> Routines, right? Yeah. But luckily the... Spring is coming soon, so the weather is starting to get better and better, and it's going to be a lot more pleasant to take him to uh, the dog parks in the morning and, uh, and on our morning walks. Um, which brings us to the topic of our show today. Um, we're talking, uh, going to be talking about fasting, um, but more than that, we're going to be talking about the transition from winter to spring. So, babe, why don't you start off? talking a little bit about the transition and then we can get into the fasting. Sure. <laughs> um, well, the spring equinox is um, coming up next week. So that's, you know, we're already in this phase where we're um, experiencing some really warm weather and then it dips again into the cold weather. But we're in this phase where nature is st starting to wake up. Um, in the Mexica or Aztec calendar, yesterday was the beginning of the new year. Um, we entered the year Matlatli Tochli, which is 10 rabbit. And um, we closed out the year um, Chiknawikali, which was nine house. And in between, um, at the end of the year in the Mexica calendar, there are five days called Nemontemi days. And the Nemontemi days are days of reflection, of cleansing, of relaxing, to prepare us to enter this new cycle. And for me, this calendar makes a little bit more sense because obviously it it makes more sense that we are ending the year in winter and beginning a new year in spring as life is reemerging all over the earth, right? Or at least on this side of the world, um, we're in, in this weather of um, we're starting to see new life and renewal. So um, that makes a little bit more sense to me. It seems more in alignment with the cycles of nature and We've talked about reindigenization on the podcast before, and um, it seems to feel better in our bodies. And a friend of ours had just finished a fast. She did a 12-day water fast, and we thought, um, I was like, wow, I think it would be a really great idea to do a fast in those five Nemontemi days. Um the ancestors would fast during those days as well. They would fast, they would cleanse, they would not just cleanse their bodies, but clean out their homes and do a lot of reflecting um, about the previous year. So it seemed timely to me and um, we decided to 
try it out. <laughs> yeah. Can, can you talk a little bit more about the new year being the year of the rabbit? Like, what does that exactly that mean? Nine rabbit. So it's 10 rabbit. Oh, 10 rabbit. <laughs> we oh. were in nine house. So now we're in 10 rabbit. Um, rabbit, of course, represents fertility, abundance, um, Oh, pretty so it's much going to be a year of abundance. Yes, a year of abundance, a year of fertility, of growth, um, and the number ten in Aztec numerology represents manifestation, right? So the number five, a maklakli, really means the reverse of the hands, right? Five is one side, and then you reverse, so now it's double, it's ten. Oh. Um, and so what that means is like the five represents our gifts from our hands, the, our ability to create our ability to manifest with our hands. But this is just the beginning of it, right? When we get to 10, we're manifesting. The manifestation is complete. Ooh, it's like in the tarot where the 10 card is the completion. Exactly. Ah. Yeah. So we're in a year of not only is it 10 in terms of the, not only is it manifestation in terms of the 10, but we also have fertility on top of that with the rabbit. Wow. So it's going to be a lot of abundance, a lot of fertility. It's very important to think about what you are manifesting because we can manifest anything. We can manifest even what we don't want. Exactly. <clears throat> even what we don't want. So if we focus on. So we need to be very clear on what it is <clears throat> that we want to manifest, what it is that we want to create, what what it is that we want to expand during this time because Anything that we wish to create and manifest and expand is going to happen. Hmm. Hmm. That's exciting. It is. <laughs> it's especially exciting for us. Yeah. In the transition that we're in, where where we feel like we're getting close to um, having our first baby. Yeah. And uh, our son is from my previous marriage, but um, we want to manifest a baby this year. And we're also manifesting a shift in our financial life, not just in terms of wanting more um, money or wealth, but it's really more about a change in lifestyle. Um, I've been wanting to shift out of the construction business for a while now and get into uh, really more being of service and, and being on the healing path uh, professionally. And so right now we're developing our business plan to take sovereign love to the next level. We've been getting a lot of requests from people for psychedelic coaching, uh, integration coaching. So we're kind of looking into that. We just wrote, finished writing our first e-course um, on shadow integration. So that's exciting. And you guys can look out for that. We're going to be launching that this spring as well. So, I mean, this is like divinely timed, <laughs> right? Like expecting a baby and manifesting a new business and the new year is starting right now and yep. it's a year of fertility and manifestation and of abundance. I yeah. mean, that's that's beautiful. <laughs> and we is. can we can all take part in that. Of course. And I think that's the thing, right? When we're aware of the energies, when we're aware of the cycles of nature, we can align to that energy, right? Um, a lot of us kind of navigate the world and it, it's just, it is what is, right? We're not really, it, it is what it is. We're, we're not really paying attention to what's happening um, in the rest of nature and forgetting that we are a part of that. We've talked about this in the past about how, you know, in the winter, many people experience the winter blues and, you know, it's it's like this big mystery. Why does everybody experience the winter blues? But it's understandable. All of nature goes dormant except for us. We want to continue working and hustling well, and it's, rushing. It's not even that we want to continue working. We no. feel like we have to. Yeah. I mean, if we we're, want to pay the rent. We're conditioned, <laughs> we're conditioned to live that way. And there are plenty of people who work and hustle hard throughout the summer and the, the warmer weather. And then in the winter, take off. You know, and, and that's more in alignment with um, the cycles of nature. So it reminds me of that story, the grasshopper and the ants, right? Where the ants are storing food, right? That was it. That was what it was. I'm pretty sure the grasshopper and the ants where the grasshopper doesn't store anything. The ants were storing for winter. And then in the winter, the, the grasshopper was starving. Oh, uh, Well, kind of like the modern version of that is people who live in with the cycles of nature and they harvest in the fall 
and store for the winter. Now they don't have to work as hard in the winter. Yes. And the people that didn't do any preparation are like, I still have to hustle all winter long. And they're exhausted and they're depressed because there's not as much sunlight. We don't have as much energy. Um, yeah. Wow. I mean, I certainly used to live in that. I, I've been trying to live a lot yeah. more where I try not to work as much during the winter. I try to to schedule my work in a way where I'm not working as hard during the winter. Um, also, I don't like going out in the cold, so yeah. it's kind of like a win-win. <laughs> well, that's exactly it, right? Like we, because we're not aligned to it. I, I mean, if you had a, a different schedule perhaps, or, you know, like now, now things are different, right? Where if you're not overworking yourself, you're able to enjoy the weather, right? Because when you wake up and it's snowy and cold outside, you're like, oh, it's so nice to be warm and cozy at home. And, and you get to enjoy and appreciate that as opposed to if you have to go to work and it's snowing and it's cold and you're like, ah, I hate this weather, blah, blah, blah. There's all this anger and frustration and resentment towards the weather. Whereas when we're living in alignment, we can appreciate all of the different cycles. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit more about the Namantemi days, the the final days of the year that right. fasting and cleansing was important. So in the Aztec calendar, there's no leap year. Um, each year starts, there are four types of years. There's um, Akatl, which is reed, um, Tochli, which is rabbit. There is Kali, which is house, and uh, Tekpatl, which is uh, flint. So those are four types of years and they, they cycle, right? So one year is going to be Kali, Tochli. I believe the next one is Tekpatl and the last one is Atl. And then they cycle all over again. So every four years. Um, but there's no leap year. Um, they all start at a different time. So um, some years start at 6.45 a.m. Some years start at 12.45 um, and so on and so forth. And what that ends up doing is that at the end of the year, the five days close out the count and there's no need for a leap year. You know how we have an extra day. And so we, we just put it into an extra day and count that as a leap year. Whereas in the Aztec calendar, because of the change in time of the years of the, the time the year starts, it creates a a different cycle of counting time that doesn't require a leap year. And these last five days are intended to close out the count for the calendar. And um, the word Nemontemi literally means to, um, to count that which has been lived, right? So to recount that which has been lived, basically. Right, like to reflect? Yeah. So mm. basically now we're closing out these the, the year. We have five days to cleanse, um, to practice recapitulation, which is reviewing the year and saying, okay, what have I learned this year? What are, what were my biggest lessons? Um, what things have I integrated or do I want to integrate and that I can bring forward into the next year? What things do I want to let go of so that I can enter this new year clean, prepared, ready to face whatever comes my way, ready to face the abundance, right? If I'm going to enter a year of manifestation and abundance, I want to make sure I leave behind the things that I don't want to manifest and that I don't want to create an abundance of. Mm -hmm. So this is the perfect time. Um, and so there, there is a saying that Nemontemi days are bad luck days. And the only reason they can be considered bad luck is if you're not doing your reflection work, right? Mm. If you're not doing your integration work, then yeah, it's bad luck because now you're not, you're showing up in the new year, well, not prepared. Yes. With the old patterns and not prepared for what you're about to manifest or create or whatever the energy of the new year is. So, um, a lot of that was fasting, um, like I said, practicing recapitulation exercises, cleaning the house. What's for the audience who may not be familiar, familiar with the word recapitulation? So recapitulation, we learned it through um, the, teach the teachings of Don Juan, um, who was also a Toltec teacher. And um, basically what that is, the, the old traditional way of doing it is that the person would actually build a coffin and go underground and kind of go inward, like really go inward at this point. <laughs> it was like a death and rebirth. And so what it is, is reviewing the year, reviewing. I mean, you can do it in terms of reviewing your entire life. 
There are people that practice recapitulation at the end of the year, at the end of the month, for example. Every month have a recapitulation period. Um, I recently got into working with a passion planner, and in the passion planner, every month it has review questions, and it's a mini recapitulation. So it asks like, what things are you grateful for from this for this previous month? Um, what are lessons that you learned? Looking back at this month, what are ways that you can improve to meet your goals? Um, the the passion planner has in the beginning like a roadmap of how you want to achieve your goals. So every month they have you review that and kind of go in and see, well, do, do you need to adjust that roadmap? And so that's what a recapitulation is. You're reviewing your year, the lessons, the things that you want to bring forward um, and letting go of it letting go of the energy that you're still holding on to regarding things from your past. A lot of recapitulation is reviewing a situation and saying, oh, there's still resentment regarding this situation. I'm going to do a meditation, a prayer, whatever. Set the intention to close out that energy. Send the energy back to whoever it belongs to. Take my own energy back and now I can show up into this new year whole with my own energy and not with my energy floating around all over the place mm. in different situations. So starting the new year with sovereignty. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect for the sovereign love stream. Perfect. Um, so that kind of brings us to, and what I actually find really interesting is that the Aztecs were fasting at the same time and Lent and just started. Um, Ramadan starts not too far. Off. I know it's a little I bit think later, in April, yeah. but it's kind of around the same time. So there are other spiritual, and um, I'm sure there's plenty of other indigenous cultures, even that I we're not familiar with, that probably have fasting. I thought it was really interesting that it all starts around the same time. All these different um, cultures. Um, so for Lent, I have I. I kind of grew up a Catholic in the, when I was very young and then my mother converted to born again Christian. So I never really celebrated Lent, but actually since COVID started and our friend Carla wrote this article about how COVID was kind of a forced Lent in a way, um, we, oh, I started to readopt the practice of Lent. Um, so fasting, not necessarily from food in past years, but what I've been doing is doing social media fasts. Or for me, I have a sugar addiction that is, I have traced back to to some emotional dramas um, that I'm still working on. But I, actually, I, I believe this fast was part of that, leaving that old, um, that old pattern behind that need for basically my grandmother was very affectionate and she was like a really motherly grandma and she used to spoil me with cakes and candies and cookies. And so now I guess whenever subconsciously I need love or, or I want to feel that warm love nourishment. Yeah. I turn to cookies. And so, you know, I've developed a habit of, smoking cannabis to go to bed and eating cookies at night, which is terrible for my health, causes a sugar spike and um, weight and all that. So I've been really consciously working on this for like at least a year, but I feel like now we, we um, and we're going to talk about how we did our water fast this past week. Um, I feel like now I've reset that and I can go forward into this new year without doing that anymore. I can make the conscious decision to not eat, not that I'm never going to eat cookies again, but certainly not eating them, stuffing my face before going to bed, first of yeah, all. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, well, do you want to jump into this water fast? Yeah. Let's talk about it. Okay. So we started the water <sighs> fast on Monday. Well, I guess... Sunday of last week. Sunday, we had our dinner. And then after dinner, that was it. Um, I think we we all had a snack before, like at, at around eight, I think. So we had a really bad habit of in the evening when we got hungry, we would just make ourselves a bowl of cereal. Mm -hmm. And so I think that Sunday, we had like our, our last bowl of cereal. And that was the end of um, our eating so we decided that our fast was going to start, I guess, around 8.30 on, sat on Sunday. And Monday, we didn't eat at all. We just drank water and had tea. Mm -hmm. And how was that for you? 
the whole week? Or yeah. Or just the first day? <laughs> I <laughs> mean, the first day or two, I feel like it was fine. I, I felt hungry, but I, you know, I, I feel like I was okay. Um, but it was definitely hard going going. The longer it went on, um, it was more difficult. Um, so I was dealing with a lot of pain. I mean, I, to put it into perspective, pain, like on a scale of one to 10, it was probably a two or a three. Um, but I guess it was something that I didn't really expect. Yeah. Um, I didn't expect it to be painful. And I think that's something from the research that we've done. We watched a lot of videos and, and Vanessa did a lot of research before we got into this fast. Um, you know, I, I think the pain is part of the, the detox, the detoxing. Yeah. The cleansing. Your, your body is cleansing toxins out and we'll go into autophagy and some of that stuff in a minute. Um, so I guess it makes sense that I had pain, but there were, there were some nights where it was hard to sleep. Um, my legs were in a lot of pain. And I don't say that because I, I don't want to discourage anybody from doing the fast uh, or from doing a fast because I think, you know, they have, there's that saying, no pain, no gain. And I don't think that that's necessarily true in all situations. I don't think you always have to experience pain. But I think for me to eat, it's kind of it's kind of like the balance, right? Because we do eat fairly healthy, yeah. a fairly healthy diet. But then I have those unhealthy habits Snacks. like snacking at night. Um, and I think the pain is because of that. So I indulge. I have been indulging. Um, in sweets at night. And then now I'm going through this fast. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, the pain is because of all the indulgence. So I can work through this pain and I can face it knowing that it's literally me transmuting or alchemizing the indulgence, my lack of mm. self-control. Um, and so, yeah, it hurt a little bit. To, it, it was a little bit of a sacrifice. And I think that's really the point, right? That's the point of Lent is the sacrifice. The Catholics do it as an, uh, in honor of the sacrifice that Jesus made, right? So if Jesus can sacrifice his life for spiritual growth, for the spiritual growth of the planet, I certainly can sacrifice cookies, <laughs> sacrifice cookies and go through the pain yes. of the fast for a few days, right? And, you know, Jesus fasted for 40 days. Uh, the Lent fast lasts 40 days. Um, and we're not going to attempt to to do that. But I am going to continue fasting from sweets for the 40 days. Except my birthday is next week. I will have some sweets Cake. for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but aside from that, um, so do you want to talk a little bit about the autophagy and ketosis and how fasting helps your body get into those areas? I'm not like, an, I'm not an expert in any of this stuff. I did a bunch of research and was able to um, find some information. Honestly, it was, um, it was interesting to me to read a lot of this stuff and, and see what the body does, right? When you're in a state of fasting and also recognize what the body's doing when you're not fasting. I think that was more of a wake up call for me. So I, uh, I've struggled, um, through, through my family, through, I think through both sides, probably we have, um, a history of insulin resistance. So I've struggled with that for many, many years. And that has been part of the fertility struggle. And, you know, Western medicine is always like, here's some pills for that. Take this and you can continue. I, I had never, I have never been given clear instructions on what to eat and what not to eat by a doctor. Um, and through holistic doctors, you know, they've, they've always recommended no sweets, no carbs, no sugar, or at least, you know, refrain from them as much as possible. And so doing a lot of this research, I was, I was realizing that, yeah, eating the carbs, eating the sweets, my body then doesn't have the, the normal sensitivity to it. So it, it has a resistance. I have insulin resistance. My body doesn't know. It's just like, oh yeah, more sweets. Okay, cool. Let's just keep on producing insulin anyway. And it, then it becomes harder to burn fat. It becomes harder to lose weight and there's just all of these issues. So even if I'm eating healthy, if I'm still consuming a lot of carbs, then 
my body is not working the way it's supposed to be working. So going through this fast, you take your body through states of through a state of autophagy, which is when your body now, because it's not consuming any food, starts to say, hold on a minute, we need to do something, we need to take care of this body, right? Because our our bodies are naturally self healing at all times. But when we're not feeding it foods to keep it at its like prime state, it's going to just like cruise on by like, oh, I don't really need to do much, right? It just... Well, I think it, I, I, I think it's really more than that. It's adapting, right? Yeah. So if you're eating sugar all the time, your body's going to adapt to eating sugar all the time. And because it's not a correct balanced state, you're not really in homeostasis if you're eating uh, copious amounts of sugar where your body's out of balance. So then it has to compensate in other areas. And that's when some, some systems start to suffer more than others, right? I have to take energy from, from this system because we have to keep, we have to stay alive, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, and I, we're not experts. I don't know all the science behind it, but we've just, this is just based on the, the research we, we've been doing. Yeah. Actually, I wanted to mention, um, we saw a pretty cool video that explained uh, ketosis that um, I feel like really helped educate me. So if I sh- kind of share the story, maybe it'll um, it'll resonate with the audience as well. The idea of ketosis is um, your body has basically three three things that it burns for energy. So it's protein, mm-hmm. um, uh, carbs, and sugar are kind of the same thing, and fats. And so they compared those three fuels to starting a campfire. So, uh, sugar and carbs is like, um, Kindle, kindling, 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 (laughs) Kindle, kindling burns really fast. It, it, the the fire starts fast, but the kindling burns out really quickly. So you're supposed to use kindling just to kind of start the fire, but you're supposed to have your logs and the logs would be protein. The protein burns not quite as fast as the kindling. It takes a while to, to get started. Um, burning the the logs and they burn stronger and longer than the uh, kindling does. So the carbs, and then there's the fats, the fats are like charcoal. So the the charcoal takes a lot longer to get lit up. You need to have the, the logs burning for a while to get the um, uh, charcoal really heated up and burning, but that gives you the most even consistent burn. So the idea is that sugar will give you energy fast, but it also burns out fast. Pro- Which is why we get that sugar crash right. after we eat. Exactly. And then we are starving like two hours later. Yeah. So I guess ketosis would be when you get to the point where you're burning fat. And if you're burning fat, you're not going to be gather- storing fat in your body, right? Um, I don't know if you could tell that I'm a little bit, I lost a little bit of weight on this water fast. <laughs> But um, that's the idea. The idea is to reprogram your body to no longer burn just sugar or to be primed because if you're mostly eating sugar, your body is, or pasta, carbs, um, your body is mostly primed to, or trained to burn carbs. Um, So the idea is to retrain it so that it also knows how to burn proteins and fats more efficiently. If you can keep it at that balance where your body knows how to burn all three, it can take whatever fuel you give it, um, but it needs to be in a balance or else it starts to lean to one side or the other. Um, Yeah. I feel like that explains it pretty well, right? Yeah. Thank you. If you have any comments, please. If, if I sounded, you know, if that if that made sense, leave a comment. <laughs> or if it didn't, yeah. So, and you know, one of the really interesting things is we were watching some of these videos and trying to understand what we were doing and how it was benefiting us. And Xander was with us while we were fasting. And you know, it's very difficult to fast when you have to cook for a dog and a child. <laughs> Oh, yes. By the way, Cookie gets all his meals home cooked. Vanessa cooks everything. <laughs> he does not eat kibble. So, yeah. So, He's I. Very healthy dog. So, I was constantly cooking while we were fasting, yeah. and it was really hard. Um, but, and, you know, obviously, we when we were sitting Xander down to have lunch or dinner, we weren't going to just like leave him alone to eat by himself. <laughs> so, we would sit with him, and we, one day, we had the, 
we had one of the videos up and we were watching it and he was watching it with us and he was really curious about it. So that was really exciting. And I think one of the things that I realized was like, yeah, this is, you know, this is part of homeschooling as well. He's learning about nutrition and he was very interested in it as well. And I thought, wow, you know, as a child, I was never taught about nutrition. You know, it's, it's food, you eat it. Do you like it? eat it because you have to eat it. And maybe you're taught these things are good for you. Eat your vegetables because they're good for you. But nobody really explains why or how it works. And I think once you start to understand how things work as a child, you make more conscious decisions because he was excited to look up what things provided, you know, what were high protein foods, um, what were low carb foods, things like that. That's right. He Googled it. He Googled a bunch of stuff while we were doing that. (laughs) So it was pretty cool. And I'm like, wow, you know, it's, it's here we are adults now, right? With children, with, with responsibilities and stuff, just now learning about nutrition. Yeah. Um, That's crazy. It's fascinating. Um, But I'm excited that he was excited to get into it as well. And hopefully these new changes that we're going to implement will be exciting to him too. Yeah. That's, that really is exciting to me that my son will be growing up with a lot of wisdom and philosophy that I did not have access to. Um, you know, not because anybody was withholding it, but just, you know, my parents were not very conscious, I guess, about this type of stuff. And we now can are rewriting those patterns. And that's really exciting. Imagine knowing all this stuff when you were 11 years old and living your whole life with this basis of this type of information. I mean, yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah. So I'm really grateful that we're on this journey and I'm really grateful that Xander is so open to all of it. Yeah. And he like really enjoys learning about this mm-hmm. stuff. It's really pretty cool. Um, yeah. So health benefits of fasting, ketosis, ketosis autophagy, autophagy. Um, we didn't really talk about autophagy. Right. So when our cells are, are used to a certain lifestyle, then they work at that, like that's the base level of how they work, right? So we have cells that are not completely healthy. And then we have cells that are carrying the weight of the body because they're like, we have to make sure we keep this person alive. Um, so basically when we get to states of autophagy, then the body starts pushing out the unhealthy cells and creating more healthy cells because it's like, it's go time. You know, we're not getting the sugar. We're not getting this kindling going and lighting the fires every couple of hours. So now we have to create, you know, we have to create an optimal vessel in order to keep this human alive. Mm -hmm. So the, one of the major, um, I think reasons for fasting is getting to that in terms of health work um, is to create more healthy cells, getting to that state of autophagy so that your body creates more healthy cells. It pushes out the unhealthy cells and your body starts healing and regenerating itself. Mm -hmm. I first um, learned about autophagy when I was shooting my documentary, Does Pot Cure Cancer? Um, THC puts the body, uh, gets the body into a state of autophagy. Um, so what happens is that's how THC, um, which is the active psychedelic component of cannabis, uh, it shuts off the ability of cancer cells to reproduce and it causes them to digest themselves. So basically healthy cells start digesting unhealthy cells and using them for fuel. It's, it's kind of like a recycling process. Mm -hmm. And so it eliminates toxins. It eliminates, you know, malfunctioning cells like cancer cells and, you know, just uh, mainstream cancer science will tell you that we all have cancer, cancer cells, you know, um, malfunctioning cells in our body all the time. But for the most part, our immune system, if we're healthy, uh, you know, at least to a degree, it's a spectrum, right? It's not just like either you're healthy or you're not. Everybody is healthy in certain areas. Their their systems are functioning well in certain areas and maybe not so much in others. And all that's based on all kinds of uh, factors, our diets, our genetics, the environment we're in. All of that plays a role. So, um, you know, we all have these cancerous cells or malfunctioning cells floating around and um, our bodies deal with them. 
And so getting into autophagy is one way that we can help our bodies, give our bodies a little bit of, of extra, an extra tool against these cells to, um, to stay healthy. I mean, I feel like there've also been cases of people who've gotten cancer and healed by changing their diet completely. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like cancer basically feeds off of sugars and, and carbs. Oh right? yeah, for sure. Um, that's absolutely the fuel. And one of the things in my research for the documentary I found was actually eating cannabis raw in a salad or, or a lot of people juice it um, is actually one of the best preventative measures against cancer. Um, and, and a whole helps with a whole host of other diseases, Hmm. lupus, uh, my friend, Kristen Courtney, she keeps her lupus in remission by juicing cannabis. I mean, this is a woman that was told she was never going to have children and she'd be dead by 30 and she has four kids and she's well into her (laughs) thirties. So, you know, uh, not to go off on a cannabis tangent, but (laughs) I, I think it's really more about the autophagy and how um, these different plant allies, you know, whether it's vegetables or, you know, and eating in balance with nature, if we're nature and we evolved to eat a certain way or to live a certain lifestyle, then if we can maintain that, it helps us maintain homeostasis, which is balance and, and our bodies working at optimal levels. And then there's all kinds of other benefits to that, right? Mental clarity, more energy, um, Fertility. Fertility, sure. Hair regrowth. Mm-hmm. Hair regrowth, better vision. Um, ancient, you know, Chinese medicine talks about qi being lost through all of these, um, you know, toxic lifestyles, not giving yourself uh, enough rest, not living in balance with nature. It drains your energy. And the ancient Chinese medicine says all the time that men lose their hair and their and vision goes bad because of loss of chi. Um, and I believe a lot of that has to do with this kind of masculine impulse to push through everything. And, you know, I'm not going to rest. I just have to keep doing it. And how many men do you know, and probably women too, but how many men do you know that refuse to go to the doctor ever or don't want to take care of their health because they're tough? I'm tough. I can handle it and I'm just going to do it. My dad's a smoker. I've been trying to get my dad to stop smoking forever. And he's just like, I enjoy smoking and I don't even care if it's going to kill me because I'd rather be dead than if I, than not enjoy smoking. And it's like, sad. (laughs) But I feel like it's like this kind of, this societal masculine, maybe, um, I don't know. It's just an unhealthy pattern. I guess I would include that in with toxic masculinity along with aggression right? It's kind of like misplaced aggression in a way. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take that. I'm just going to push through it and I don't care. And you know, the really interesting thing about that is that a lot of those unhealthy habits come from unprocessed emotions, Mm -hmm. right? You eating sweets comes from a place of unprocessed emotions. Your, Your need for nurturing and not being able to communicate, I need some nurturing in this moment. It's like, no, I'll just have a cookie instead. Mm -hmm. I don't need to talk about this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not that serious. Um, And again, as a society, we've kind of veered away from that, from really checking in with ourselves and saying, how am I feeling today? What's going on in my emotional body and my energetic body? How do I feel about this situation? How do I feel about that situation? Do I follow my intuition or do I ignore it? I mean, you recently had a situation where you were like, I should have followed my intuition about this job or something. And we, we're we so far removed from that, that it creates imbalances in our body because then we also don't use our intuition when mm-hmm. deciding what to eat, right? We just eat whatever or you know i'm i'm hungry in the moment i'm tired because i didn't listen to my body before because i didn't pay attention when my body was trying to tell me to slow down now i've overworked i've overworked it and i'm starving i need to eat something right now and so i don't care what it is burger king where's, where's the closest burger king yeah right listen this is the way i i lived my life exactly like that i would either be like I, I, you know, I'd be very judgmental of myself. Like you eat terrible, you have to eat better, you know? And then I'd set a goal that was completely like unattainable for myself. 
and fail. And then when I fail, I'm like, ah, fuck it. I failed anyway. I might as well eat some Burger King, you know, and totally unhealthy, totally unbalanced. Like, you know, Vanessa always says, I'm like balls to the wall with everything. It's, it's like either black or white, all or nothing. So it's either like I'm eating completely healthy. Either I have to fast and only drink water or I might as well eat whatever I want because who cares? <laughs> and that's kind of what I oscillated between. Now I'm getting into this place as I really, as I apply the, you know, um, principles of doing shadow work to every area of my life, it's like, yeah, I can, when I have an urge, like, oh, I want some cookies right now. Oh, I wonder why I'm craving cookies right now. What am I feeling? Do I feel lonely? Do I want to snuggle? What I prefer, like, it's a lot healthier for us to <laughs> snuggle than for me to be chomping down on cookies at night, right? And that's, again, that's not to say you never eat cookies again, right? Yeah. Sometimes the cookies look really good. And it's like, yeah, I want to have that. But now you make a more conscious decision. Mm -hmm. So um, the other day, I, I follow Organic Olivia on Instagram. And she shared the profile of, I can't remember the, the Instagram um, account, but she was sharing information from an account that was um, showing how to consume carbs, right? It, it, because it's very, the, was it on one of the, um, and one of the videos we watched, one of the things they said was like the enemy of success is perfection. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you're like, I have to do this perfectly, I have to do this perfectly. And you're going to beat yourself up every time you fall off the wagon and have a cookie. And it's like, ah, I ruined everything. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to continue to fail, right? It's not always attainable because we live busy lifestyles. We're not living it, completely in alignment with nature. And that's okay. We're learning to find the balance to navigate the balance between not living fully in alignment with nature, but slowly making our way back, right? We're not going to just dump our home and go live in the woods and, you know, hunt for food. We're going to find ways to align with nature in a way that's attainable for us in a way that works and not beat ourselves up when we can't be perfect at it, right? Sounds like a lot of work to move into the woods and hunt. <laughs> Maybe one day. Maybe one day we'll get there. But, you know, <clears throat> even with this fast, our goal was to do it for the five full Nemontemi days. By the fourth day, we decided, all right. I can't go on. We can't do this anymore. <laughs> and honestly, we probably could have because we made it till the evening and we were kind of okay um, on on Thursday. But also yesterday was my niece's birthday. And then I was like, oh, we're going to go to my sister's house and she's going to cook and we're going to have this, this little party. It would suck for our first day eating to be other foods, you know, because I knew we were going to be eating meat and, and some carbs probably. And so I was like, okay, let's, let's end a day early, work our way back into eating with something healthy, with a healthy vegetable soup, with some salad and kind of ease our way back into food so that when we head over on Saturday, we can eat and we won't feel like we're here. There's all this food and we can't eat any of it because our, di our digestive system isn't going to be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. So we ended it a day early. And it's really interesting because I feel like this is one of these um, almost like, I don't want to say tests, but it's one of these ways in which I feel the, um, the, the practice in listening to my body and honoring my body instead of being like, I have to commit to this goal, right? I committed to this. I have to do this. And I, the very first time I, I felt it on a deep, deep level was this past October that I was at a retreat in Mexico and I went into a sweat lodge and I had been going to sweat lodges for a while. I think it's, I think it's been a year since we went to our first sweat lodge and we had been going almost every month or every two months. So this wasn't my first sweat lodge, but it was, um, there were, I'm going to say maybe 18 women in the sweat lodge. And so it was a lot longer than I was used to. And part of me was like, well, I've been in a sweat lodge and every time I go, I make it the whole, you know, the whole sweat lodge. I don't have to leave. And 
I was like, oh my God, but it's never been this long. And so at maybe after like an hour in the sweat lodge, I was like, I need a break. I need to get out. And it was almost as if the earth itself was telling me, get out and take a break. And then you can come back in and everything's going to be fine. Because there was this, this perfection in my head saying, if you get out, you failed. You didn't do it right. You didn't commit. You didn't do what you committed to doing. And so... I went out of the sweat lodge and I didn't realize this, but um, the person that was running the sweat lodge had a helper outside. And so when I came out and sat down, the this woman all of a sudden was pouring water over my head and refreshing me. And I felt so taken care of. I felt so nourished and loved. And I was like, oh my God, I was in so much gratitude. And I was like, I wouldn't have had this opportunity if I hadn't listened to my body and gone out. And here is the universe providing for me, right? I got out and I got the nourishment, the love and the care that I needed. And then I was able to go back in and finish. And so I didn't have this. I Otherwise, I would have been like, oh my God, when is this over? When is this over? When is this over? Instead, I took care of myself and was able to come back in and and complete the, the temascal in a more nourished place, I guess. Um, it's interesting because in the men's sweat lodges, they don't let you come back in. Once you've left, that's it. Oh, really? You're not allowed back in. <laughs> interesting. Um, yeah, so it's <clears throat> it's fascinating to me the um, the way the the way our bodies can tell us exactly what we need. And so for me, there was a part of me that had that feeling of like, oh no, if I only do the four days, I failed. I didn't do the five days I committed to. And instead I was like, I I had this moment where I was like, this is like the temascal. My body knows what it needs. It's time to end this. And I can, um, you know, I, I've done four days. I've gotten my body to state of a uh, state of autophagy. I've gotten my insulin to its lowest lowest level, so that now my body becomes more insulin sensitive, and that reverses a little bit of that insulin resistance. Um, and I know I can do it. I know I made it to day four, um, so that was more than I've ever done before. And so I was like, okay, yeah, this is I can honor my body and decide to end it on day four. And there's nothing for me to feel guilty or feel shame or feel like I failed at something. And that in in and of itself is another lesson, right? Oh yeah, for sure. I I actually had been dealing with with a little bit of that as well. Um, you know, part of me wanted to push through. I, I felt like I was in pain, but um, you know, I could, I felt like I could make it the full five days, but I also wanted to support Vanessa. And if she was ready to stop, I didn't want to push her and kind of be like, no, we got to do it. We're almost done. We can do one more day. I wanted to support her in, in her desire to, um, to quit early. Um, and so, you know, I did, despite that kind of voice in my head saying, no, just keep pushing through or else it's a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, I, I, you know, I felt the same way and I, I don't feel any shame about it. I think, and we're going to, we're going to do more fasts, you know, we'll, we can work up to it. I think four days, the first time we've ever done a water fast, I mean, we've done the master cleanse before, but, um, that's different. You're getting energy with the master cleanse. You actually are, you know, drinking lemon juice and, um, you're consuming certain nutrients and vitamins, maple, in maple syrup. Yeah. So you're getting, you're getting some and, uh, so it's a little bit different, but um, I feel like four days is is a good accomplishment for the first time. I mean, our friend who who is also doing the water fast, she just did twelve days, which is tremendous. I mean, the amount of willpower she has to <laughs> to do twelve <laughs> days, Valixen, congratulations on that. Yes, because, and then she did it again when we started ours. She wanted to do it in support of us, so she did another couple of days along with us. So coming, you know, just with just a few days in between. So, I mean, she's a trooper. It can be done. (laughs) Um, But we don't have to push ourselves past our limits because of some like, you know, goal or something like that. Yeah, it is important, I think, to listen to our bodies and... So, and I think it was one of the interesting things for me about it is um, we struggled a lot, right? We had the the pain, the discomfort. Um, we had re- a lot of trouble sleeping, um, but also that made us wake up to this this knowing that we have to change the way that we eat. 
that we have to learn better ways to eat, that we have to learn better ways to take care of our bodies. Because if we were in this much pain fasting, it means that there's a lot of unhealthy cells in our bodies and it's time to cleanse them. Mm -hmm. Now, we've both gotten um, COVID twice Mm -hmm. um, during, you know, throughout the the past couple of years. And um, it wasn't terrible. um, But probably that also left some remnants of old cells of, of um, sick cells of unhealthy cells in our body. So I think it was a really great idea to cleanse. Um, And we were actually talking about how um, in the winter we ate, I, I was saying, Oh, you know, I'm glad that we did this because this past winter we ate a lot of carb, carb heavy foods. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, which is understandable. A lot of pasta. A lot of pasta, yeah. Um, which is understandable because in the winter you crave those warm foods, those heavier foods, because it's winter. You want to warm up your body. You want to. It, it's it's almost like your body is craving for you to build up that extra layer of warmth in your body of fat fat. yeah (laughs) to 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 create another layer there um so it makes sense that to me it made a lot of sense it seemed very in alignment to fast um in the beginning of spring or as spring is on the horizon Mm -hmm. um and so i thought it was like perfect timing i feel excited um i feel i do feel a sense of clarity now that we finished the fast, I think during the fast, I was still very much stuck in, in my head of, um, I feel hungry. I'm in pain. I want this fast to be over. (laughs) I don't want to do this anymore. I had some of those feelings. Um, but now I have a lot more clarity and I'm excited about, um, the changes that we're going to make to our diet, the changes that we're going to make to the way we eat, Mm -hmm. the times that we eat. Well, let's tell them about some of the changes. We have a few minutes left. Okay. So what are we going to (laughs) do? Well, one of the changes we're looking to make is to go into an intermittent fasting schedule where you eat for eight hours. So basically when the sun is up, you can eat. And then when the sun goes down, you fast. So it's eight hours of eating, 16 hours of fasting. Um, That's one of the changes. Yeah. And again, one of the things that um, we we that really stuck with us is that it's not good to do this type of fasting all the time, right? So it's good to go through periods and then periods of rest, and um, that allows your body to not be in a constant state of stress because sometimes when you're fasting, that can create levels of stress in your body as well. So we don't want to do that all the time. Perhaps that's something that we do five days a week and then two days a week we eat normal. But that's one of the changes we want to implement to help our body, you know, try to be at its optimal state. Um, We also, as I was saying, I followed this uh, new Instagram account and she shares a lot of the science behind how um, our glucose levels spike when we eat certain foods and ways in which we can prevent that. So she talks about making sure that if you're going to have um, foods that are high in carbs, you can have a salad beforehand and that that creates a sort of a buffer so that there's no glucose spike. Yes, your your glucose levels will rise, but it won't be a spike because now you've put some vegetables in your body first and then it's basically like that they coat your intestines so that then when you consume the carbs, the carbs don't get absorbed by the body. Um, Another way to do that is to have a glass of water with a teaspoon or tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, I believe, um, and have that before eating something sweet to try to avoid having sweets on their own and instead have them as desserts. So have dinner and then have your sweet as dessert instead of waiting till 10 o'clock at night to have a box of cookies, hmm. right? I wonder if that's why in like meals, the first course is a salad. Yeah. I think one of the other changes we want to make is to eat a lot more fats, mm-hmm. eat less carbs and more fats so that our bodies are more balanced in terms of yeah how we burn energy. Yeah. Maybe we should look into getting that Instagrammer onto the show to yeah. talk a little bit about those tips. That might be a cool idea. Yeah. Leave us a comment if you think that would be a cool idea. (laughs) That would be an interesting topic. (laughs) Yeah. 
So do we have anything else before? What about the spiritual benefits? We didn't even talk about that. The spiritual benefits. And well, I mean, I think the spiritual benefits come with, um, with any fast, right? You're removing the stimulation from your body. When you're fasting, um, your body is not busy um, digesting your food, breaking down food. And especially when you have a bunch of carbs, right? You, you get this little bit of brain fog. Mm -hmm. Um, so in general, I mean, when we first went to Peru back in 2019, we had to do a dieta where we had to fast from, um, from meats, from alcohol, from sugar, from spices. We ate the blandest diet you could think of for 30 days. And basically what that does is it reduces a lot of the stimulation in your body. So you have more clarity. And then when you're able, when you, when you sit with the medicine, you're more clear and able to receive the medicine, right? Um, and I think that's the case in, in general, when you're fasting, you're silencing that part because your, your body's not busy trying to like, how do I deal with all of this kindling right now? There's a steady burn and it's not like a boom spike and then drop right now. We have a steady, a steady burn and we can be level headed, right? It, it creates a balance, I think. Hmm. And so it's easier to come in my understanding or my belief is that when that's balanced, then your thoughts are a little bit clearer. Your intuition is a little bit clearer as well. Um, well, because one of the things is that we have a gut full of bacteria, right? So in the very beginning of the fast, that bacteria is getting starved of what it's used to eating, carbs and sugar for me in, in my case. Um, and so it's it it is like its own consciousness and it's going to secrete chemicals that to to like get you to do what it wants you to do give us carbs give us sugar so then the thoughts start coming up oh maybe i could maybe i should eat the you know i want a piece of pizza sometimes i would have it almost like a reflex like where it wasn't even like a real strong thought it was just kind of like an urge where it would just be like Get up and go get a banana. Get up and go get a cookie. Get up and go get have a bowl of cereal. And I was like, have a bowl of cereal. I'm not even well. I mean, I'm hungry because we're fasting, but it's like, what? I'm not having a bowl of cereal. But it's almost like where your body wants to just go do it. Yeah. I was like, what is happening? And one of the videos we were watching was saying that that the bacteria in your body will secrete chemicals that try to influence you to do what it wants you to do. And, you know, these are unhealthy bacteria that um, if I had been taking probiotics, presumably they would have been overwhelmed by the healthy bacteria. Um, but now I've given my chance and given myself a chance to get rid of the, to starve the bad bacteria, quote unquote. And I've been taking probiotics now. So hopefully I'll develop some good gut bacteria and not have as much as the have those little demons in my gut <laughs> demanding cookies all the time. <laughs> yeah. And I think also, like I said, learning, learning how to eat, learning how to consume certain foods helps reduce the cravings as well. Um, that's what I'm learning now, um, which is pretty exciting. But it seems like it brings us from the, not just the balance of the, our uh, metabolism of being in um, homeostasis, but that also helps the balance between mind, body, and spirit mm -hmm. because you're able to – you're not heavy on the body, right? Where your body runs and overpowers your mind and your spirit. You know, you're, you're just giving into cravings despite what your mind knows you should, be, should or shouldn't be doing, what's, what's healthy or not right. for you, right? So in that way, it also helps you get more centered spiritually, emotionally – and well, think about thoughts. it. If your gut brain is saying to you, get up and get a bowl of cereal, right? And it, it almost, imagine how many times we've done that unconsciously. Yeah. Like the, the gut just says, go get a bowl of cereal. And you're like, okay. And then <laughs> you yeah. come back, you sit down and you have a bowl of cereal and it's like, oh, I'm eating cereal now, right? <laughs> how many times we make those unconscious thoughts and that's that's just one example. How yeah. many other thoughts, how many other things do we do in a reactive state because we're not in this balanced place and we're just allowing our gut to tell us what to do Yeah, in its unhealthy state? 
Absolutely. So I see that as one of the spiritual benefits of, of fasting is that you do quiet that mind gut a little bit. <laughs> that gut <laughs> the mind. Gut brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So overall, um, even though the fast was difficult, um, it was a little bit painful. I am really happy that we did it. I'm glad that you came up with the idea to do this for the end of the Aztec calendar. I am excited to kind of, and, and in a way it's like you've gained all this weight, you've stored all this energy for the winter, right? And now we're starting into the spring so we can purge any of that excess, right? So going, doing a water fast and um, depriving our bodies of the carbs and sugars and even the proteins, um, reprograms your body to burn off all that extra fat that you've gathered over the winter that now you no longer need because we made it. We survived. We didn't starve through the winter. <laughs> um, so now we're good and we can do the fast, burn off that extra fat and go into the spring with more energy and um, better, better balance in terms of homeostasis in our metabolism. Yep. Good job, baby. Good job. We did do a good <laughs> job. So I'm proud of us. Thank you for joining us for the Sovereign Love Stream. Before you go, though, I want to show you, I have this special offer from our um, sponsor, Delta 8. Um, uh, Brave New Botanicals is the sponsor. <laughs> um, but the Delta 8 gummies, I want to play their um, commercial. Now, before I do that, I just want to say that I love these Delta 8 gummies. Um, I did not believe, I didn't, I shot a documentary on cannabis a few years ago, and I did not, at the time... Delta 8 wasn't a thing. I don't know if it wasn't discovered yet or what, but I had never heard of Delta 8. And um, apparently it's another can cannabinoid like Delta 9 THC, um, that which is the famous one that makes you high. Um, and these gummies are delicious and they have a nice, beautiful effect. So check this out. You can get some free gummies from Brave New Botanicals here. Do you want free weed? Well, of course you do. John Bush here to tell you how to get it. My health supplement company, Brave Botanicals, is giving away a free five-pack of delicious Delta 8 THC gummies. What's Delta 8 THC, you might ask? It's just like regular THC, except it's derived from the hemp plant. And the high you get from Delta 8 is much more mellow and calm without the anxiety or paranoia many people experience with regular THC. The best part is, thanks to a clever loophole, Delta 8 THC is completely legal at the federal level and is legal in most states, including many where cannabis is still banned. If you want to relax, get better sleep, and even relieve chronic pain, go to FreeD8Gummies.com to get a free five-pack of tasty Delta 8 gummies shipped to you today. That's FreeD, the number 8, gummies.com I love that commercial. I like the beat that they used. In the yeah. <laughs> I was like bopping along to it. So go to freeda8gummies.com and get your free sample pack. I'm telling you, you're going to love them and you're going to end up ordering them. They're, they're great. Yeah. Um, with that said, check out our social media. We're on all the big tech platforms, all the big evil tech platforms like YouTube and and Facebook. And I don't know how much longer we're going to be on them. We're really only there because, look, the reason we do this podcast is to get the message out. And right now, YouTube and Facebook are like two of the major platforms that everybody uses. So if we want to get the message out, we have to kind of still broadcast there as well. Um but we always love to promote Minds.com, Float.app, and Odyssey.com. Minds and Float are, are kind of similar to Facebook. They have a similar interface. So if you like the Facebook, um, check out Minds and Float. Uh, I think you're going to love it. It has all basically the same functionality and all the privacy that you don't get on Facebook. You're not going to get fact checks. You're not going to get... Uh, censored posts or algorithms limiting your posts because they don't go along with the mainstream narrative. And you're not going to get your privacy sold off like the way Facebook did with Cambridge Analytics. Um, Odyssey.com is a YouTube alternative. And again, it's a, a privacy uh, 
privacy centric in terms of they're not selling your data, but also there's no censorship. Once you upload to odyssey.com, it's a blockchain based um, platform, which means your video is uploaded to the blockchain and can never be deleted. It will always be there. No one, no government can censor it. So um, I'm a big fan of odyssey.com <laughs> and I highly suggest that you check it out and even eliminate your YouTube use because honestly, there's a lot of people that are that are migrating um, their YouTube channels over to Odyssey. So you can get a lot of the same content on Odyssey that you get on YouTube. And in instead of supporting YouTube and its corporate fascist uh, advertisers, you can be supporting a free speech platform. So check those out. We're also, like I said, we're all, all, on all the big platforms. You can follow us there as well. So thanks again for joining us. Happy, have a happy Sovereign Sunday. Happy Sovereign Sunday. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Love Stream podcast. Please subscribe now and join us bi-weekly on Sundays at SovereignLoveStream.com for our live video broadcast. Please check out our social media on censorship-free platforms like Minds.com, Float.app, and Odyssey.com. Find links to all of our social media at SovereignLoveStream.com. If you would like to support our show with an energy exchange, visit us at patreon.com slash sovereignlovestream. Thank you for listening.